God right now. And uh, praise God. Try to let you out as soon as we can, but we're not going to quench the Spirit. We want God to have His way uh, uh, in the Word today. And um, I ask you to uh, uh, pray for us as we uh, attempt to minister the Word of God uh, uh, today. Hallelujah. Need covet your uh, your prayers. I keep thinking there's something else I need to announce, but I, maybe if there is, it'll come to my mind before the service ends. And it's not nothing that's you know, on the calendar here or in the uh, in the bulletin, but uh, seemed like there's something else I needed to announce. Uh, oh yeah, we will. Um, right now, uh, we are kind of focusing on the first Saturday in November for our stuff sale. Uh, uh, October is packed full. We're going to be doing something just about every weekend, and um, and I don't know. We we might not have it here. We might have it somewhere else. And I'm going to talk to a couple of people about that, and we'll let you know as soon as possible. But uh, we'll be have a, uh, our uh, our stuff set we've been talking about, and uh, uh, the first um, uh, I think it's the first Saturday uh, in, in November. Is it? Is this the second? Okay, that's right. Okay, yeah. All right, be the second one. That's right. All right. That's but that's what I was trying to figure out. I couldn't figure out what it was. Okay, we're going to go to the Word of God right now, and uh, we're going to Second Corinthians chapter twelve and uh, verses six through nine for a text, and then we're going to be going back a little down a little bit further later on, but. Should be on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you today. For though I would desire to boast, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me more, think of me above that which he sees me to be, or that he hears of me, and lest I should be exalted above measure. Through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now we're getting down to the point that we're going to be what we're going to be talking about. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that he might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather boast in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Let's pray. Lord, as we come today, I stand here today, God, in need of you. I need your strength and your guidance. I feel in my heart that you have given me this message today. And I'm asking, God, that you will speak to every one of us, that you will use this message, God, to uplift, to encourage, and also deal with every heart that's here today. Anoint us now. Grant us your grace. In the mighty name of Jesus, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I've been awake since 3 o'clock this morning. I've been up since 4 o'clock this morning. And um, wonder what I was going to do and what I was going to say. A few weeks ago, Sister Darlene came to me with this scripture and uh, talking a little bit about it. And I told her I'd, I'd really never studied it in great detail. But this morning, um, while uh, in prayer, uh, and she was sitting beside me, was praying, uh, he brought this scripture back to my mind. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Turn to your neighbor. I'd like for you, everybody, to just turn to your neighbor and tell them this. When you don't have nothing but grace, grace will be enough. When you don't have nothing but grace, grace will be enough. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes I don't believe that we comprehend the fullness of what grace means to every person who lives on this planet. Grace is important to the sinner as well as the saint. It's important to the prostitute as well as the preacher. Grace is important for everybody because if the person who's lost, who's a sinner, who's never come to Christ, they're dependent upon whether or not they realize it and understand it or not, they're dependent upon grace to keep them alive and out of the grave until they can get saved. And then those of us who haven't bowed the knee to the Lord and, and, and we can say that we are saved and we are Christians, we only say it by one thing, and that's by grace. We still got far too many people today who think they have to earn everything they get from God. But you cannot earn what you get from God. There ain't a man on this planet who has ever lived, nor woman, who can ever live good enough for the favor of God in their life. Sometimes we get full of ourselves, and we think more of ourselves than what we should think. But I'm here to declare to everybody here this morning that whatever you have, Whatever you've been able to accomplish or achieve, it's all because of grace. And there are times in our life when we go through struggles, 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 and, and situations. There are times when we don't seem like 
Lord, I don't have anything. I don't have nothing. The coverage are bare. The bank account's bare. The gas tank's empty. I don't have nothing. I don't have nothing, Lord, but your grace. But I want you to know today, church, uh, that I positively declaring to you, uh, hallelujah, if you feel like that you don't have nothing but grace, uh, I want you to know that grace will always be enough. Hallelujah. Grace will always be enough. As a minister of the gospel, I interact with people on a regular basis who have questions that they can't answer concerning the cares and struggles of everyday life. And as a pastor who loves and cares for the people whom God has entrusted me, sometimes I become distressed greatly when I'm often unable to give an answer to somebody which will ease their pain and solve their dilemma. But many times somebody has come to me with tears in their eyes because they're going through a struggle and they're feeling some kind of pain and some kind of situation. And sometimes, amen, it just rips me apart. Because I know when they leave, and maybe after I've, I've talked with them, and maybe after we've prayed together, they still walk away and, and not have the answer that they're looking for. That distresses me greatly. Because I'm unable sometimes to give them an answer that will take care of the situation. But the truth of the matter is, church, that I too face some of the same issues of life. And I have many of the same questions of which at times that I too weep through the night seeking answers which seems never to come. Hallelujah. The course of the last several months, not a man or woman in his house, hallelujah, knows some of the struggles and some of the battles that this pastor has fought with trying to keep behind this pulpit and deliver what God wants. Amen. And then dealing with things. Amen. At home. Amen. With the, with the, you know, the sickness of my wife. Amen. And when we see times that, that people pray and pray and their people fasting. Hallelujah. But yet, that healing is still not there. It hasn't come yet. So, I know what it is to have questions unanswered. When you question, you say, God, why this? Why now? But there are a few things in which I've learned down through the years of my relationship with the Lord. I've learned a few things not through the Bible college that I attended, not through other men that I have sat under, which I've sat under some good men, some men that I admire highly, but I have been through, like many of you, the school of hard knocks. Hallelujah. 
And although I've been to college and I've studied theology and I've taught theology, yet I want you to know the best theology there is is neology. Hallelujah. That's what the church needs more of today. Hallelujah. But through my own struggles, there are, there are a couple things that I found to be true and unwavering. And also we can be sure of in any circumstance. I don't care what the circumstance is that you might be going through. There are some things that I have learned. Hallelujah. Praise God. That is unwavering. That is faithful. That is sure. Number one, God has not and God will not ever leave you to cope with life's issues alone. Hallelujah. God has not and God will not ever leave you to have to face and try to cope with the issues of your life all alone. Because I promise you, even in those midnight hours, when you felt like you was alone, you was not alone, because God has always been there. Hallelujah. That's something you can count on. Something you can rely on. That's something won't never have to be bailed out. Hallelujah. That's something nobody have to come and try to um, try to uh, uh, brace up or prop up some kind of way. Hallelujah. And then also, God always desires the best for His children and seeks for our well-being. You can count on those two things when you don't have nothing else to count on. That God will always be there. And that God always is looking out for your well-being. You might not be able to see it. You might not be able to feel it and touch it. But my God's there. Hallelujah. I promise you if I didn't believe that, if I didn't understand it, I wouldn't be standing here preaching to you right now. I'd be somewhere else doing something else. Hallelujah. We got to trust in that. These two things, we need to get down and get settled in our heart. Hallelujah. If there's anybody in the house today who's never got those two things down and got it settled up, there is nothing. There is nothing. The enemy can do to me to ever get me doubt those two things. I may fall dead right now, hallelujah, holding this microphone right before your eyes, but I will never doubt those two things. God won't leave you alone, and He always seeks for your well being. They got to get down. They got to get settled in our heart. Once we have settled these two things as facts, 
then we can ride the rest of the way on grace. Now, I'm still laying the foundation of this message. I'm still in the introduction right now. I'm trying to get some points down before I get into the meat of it. If we can settle those facts and get them settled in our heart that nothing that happens on planet Earth can shake those things in our mind and cause us to waver on them, then we can ride the rest of the way on grace. Because when you don't have anything but grace, grace will always, look at somebody and tell them always, grace will always be enough. Now, I don't know everybody's heart here today. There might be somebody here right now who's going through some things that you can relate to what I'm saying. And if not, I know beyond a shadow of doubt that there's somebody going to be facing something real soon that they better get a hold of this message today. Hallelujah, because you're going to need it in the future. Hallelujah. When you don't have anything, when you don't have nothing but grace, grace will be enough. Don't rely on your country. Don't rely on the governmental leaders. Don't rely on your insurance. We got people who what my daddy used to call insurance poor. They ain't got nothing in the pantry, ain't got nothing in the gas tank, ain't got nothing in the pocketbook all the time because they spend everything they got in. Man, I got to have insurance. That's just insurance crazy. They can't give none to the church because they got so many insurance premiums to pay. What are you telling me about insurance, Brother Pruitt? I'm going to tell you what I think about insurance. Insurance of any kind is a racket that we have. To, a lot of it we don't have no choice. We got to we got we got to mess with. But it's all a racket. We need to put more trust in God. Hallelujah. We need to trust Him more. Now, don't get wrong. There are some things we've got to do. I mean, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to drive an automobile in, in Tennessee, I mean, you, you, better, you better have some insurance. You better have a, have a card proof of it if you get stopped. But it's always amazing, though. Everybody's supposed to have it. The one go, the one that hits you out there is the one that ain't got it. Hallelujah. You know? I remember there was a guy ran head on to Darlene's dad's car. He going to work one time. Uh, uh, going to work one night years ago out there on Little Marbone Road. And I mean, just total the car out. I mean, just totaled out. No, nope, the guy didn't have no insurance. I went to court. Justice Hart would get so many these payments every month. And you know what? He never got one payment. He never got one payment. That's what I'm trying to tell you, folks. There's some things that we have to do, but I'm going to tell you what, you better not rely on none of that stuff. Hallelujah. You better rely on God.
you better you better have your trust, amen, in Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to talk a little bit about the sufficiency of grace. Apostle Paul had a situation in his life. Now, I'm not going to take the time to expound to you on what I think his uh, thorn in the flesh is. I, like a lot of other folks, has got, got an opinion about it, but can't nobody prove their opinion. And that's... And the reason why it's not spelled out is because, in God's view, it don't matter to a hill of beans what it was anyway. Too many people, amen, we, we talk about too much of the wrong thing about the Word of God. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, some, some people get in the third chapter of John where Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. Instead of teaching and preaching about Amen. About being born again, they'll they'll spend forty five minutes of an hour and a half sermon on why Nicodemus came to him by night. And how in the world are you going to preach on why Nicodemus came to Jesus by night? Because the Bible don't tell us why. That's what I'm talking about. We that's what's wrong. Amen. With a lot of churches today, and why a lot of people can't get healed in the church, they can't get the Holy Ghost in the church because we major on minor things. Hallelujah. So I'm not going to waste God's time, my time, and your time on what his thorn was. I'll be glad to talk talk with anybody about it somewhere later. Hallelujah, but not while I'm ministering. But the issue is, the thorn, it was in his flesh, not in his spirit. The Bible lets us know that. It had to do with his flesh. It had to do with his body. It had nothing to do with his spirit. And it was brought about through a messenger of Satan, an angel of a devil, constantly there nagging him and bugging him. Now, I know ain't nobody here ever felt like you've been nagged by the devil. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. But boy, I'm going to tell you what. He, he nags me all the time. He's constantly riding, riding me around. I'm constantly having to knock him off. He's like an old leech. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of us have blessed God. I don't have no problem with the devil. You better check up your relationship with God then. Because the only people in my life I've ever seen the devil wouldn't bother the those he done got. Hello? The devil don't mess with people he's, he's got. He's out there trying to get those he don't have so he can get them. Hallelujah. Glory. Now let's talk. And he prayed and besought the Lord three times for God to deliver him, this God to heal him from this situation. Now, think about this for a moment. I think everybody here will agree with me that the Apostle Paul was the most powerful man in the New Testament. I mean, this man got up, you know, people get upset today with the preacher preachers a little bit too long, 45, 50 minutes, maybe an hour, something like that. And uh, 
Paul went sometime and he preached one night in a barn. And he preached till midnight. Guess what? People had to get up and go to work then like they got to get them to go to work now. Hello. Hallelujah. Preached along, somebody fell asleep on the third loft. Man fell out, broke his neck. <laughs> what happened to Paul? He quit preaching, walked down there. He didn't dial 911. Hallelujah. He didn't have no 911. Healed a man. Man was brought back to life. What did Paul do? The Bible said he went back and started to preach again, and he continued his speech to daylight. My, my, my. I can hear, oh, pastor, don't get up. Don't get the Apostle Paul come preach us a revival. Hold <laughs> somebody. Lord. So what I'm trying to tell you is the Apostle Paul was a man who had the anointing of God in his life. But yet... Through everybody else that he had prayed for and God answered prayer and was healed and delivered, he had a situation in his own life that was literally a torment to him, that was worrying him literally to death. And he went to God on three occasions and said, God, amen, take this from me. Heal me. Yeah, no doubt I believe there was other people in the Peter was probably praying for him. Andrew was probably, the whole church was praying. But Paul never did get his healing. He never did. You won't find it nowhere in the book. After the third time, the Lord spoke to him. And after the Lord spoke to him, you won't find where Paul ever asked and prayed that prayer again. He never made that prayer request no more. What did the Lord tell him? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm, going, I'm breaking that verse. I'm going to talk about the, the sufficiency first of grace. My grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. Now, at first, that might seem kind of cruel and cold. Hallelujah. I mean, you walk up to somebody and you haven't eaten in three days, and they're stand, standing right down there. Uh, child dining on a big old uh, baked potato with, with butter just oozing out. Big old biscuit or, you know, whatever. And you walk, go up there to him. And I haven't eaten three days. And then that, that, that person's reply to you says, I'll pray for you. My prayer, go with God, brother. Go with God. Well, maybe in essence, somebody say, well, you know, here Paul went to, like the guy that had the baked potato, Paul went to the one who had, had authority. He went to the one who had the ability to, to take care of his need. Amen? And the only reply God gave him says, Paul, my grace is sufficient. And that's all he left. That's all he said. He walked off and left Paul standing there 
all along that thorn's still sticking him in the side. There are a lot of things that's going to happen to you in your life that your flesh is going to say, man, this ain't fair. This ain't fair. It happens to all of us. That's why, that's why we can't listen to our flesh. Because it's your flesh that tells you when something is not fair. It's not right. It's not the Spirit of God. But that when God told Paul, my grace is sufficient, there was something very powerful in what God spoke to Paul. The word sufficient in that text right there, the reason why I say that text right there, when you're reading the Bible, you may look at a word in Corinthians, and in the original it has one meaning, then you look at the same word maybe in the gospel, maybe in the book of John, just because it's the same word don't mean you got the same meaning all the time. That's where a lot of people get messed up. In this particular place, the word sufficient is very important, especially when we, like the Apostle Paul, has prayed and sought God for answers, but the answers seem to never come. The Greek word is archaeo. And it's a primary word that many other words sprout and come from. But it has the, the thought of raising a barrier. Raising a barrier. Let me think about that a minute. When God told Paul, says, my grace is sufficient, my grace will raise a barrier. Come on now, mix a little bit of that, that right there with your, with your Holy Ghost and mix it well.